Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Welcome to Your Brand Amplified. I'm Annika Jackson, and I am so excited to be here with Carla Singsong. Carla, welcome to the show. Hey, Annika. Super excited to be here, and thank you, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I always love talking to other Asian entrepreneurs as well and hearing your story. And you have such an inspirational and amazing journey of everything that you've built up and done. So I'd love for you to start from the beginning. Yeah, let's, you know, let's get to it. So uh, I'm Filipina. I grew up in the Philippines. Um, my uh, surprisingly, my ancestry <laughs> results showed 65% Chinese. Mm. 12% Vietnamese and only 12% Filipino. So I was really yeah. surprised about that. But I'm like Filipino AF. And uh, <laughs> I know how to cook uh, all the Filipino food. Yeah. I know all the Filipino superstitions, all the jokes, you know, like, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little trivia. So when I was growing up, my mom said, you're not supposed to sing when you're cooking because you're going to become a widow. So, but it's fun to sing when you're cooking. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, so those things. Uh, right now, uh, I spent some time in the United States, but right now I live in Mexico full time, um, three blocks from the beach in Playa del Carmen. So I'm really enjoying it there. Um, I grew up in the Philippines and I actually grew up poor in, in the Philippines. So I remember when I was a kid, um, my mom had a budget of $20 uh, for a full outfit. Wow. And we had to go to like different, like cheap malls to put this outfit together. And we only had like new clothes every Christmas or something like that, mm. unless we have like hand-me-downs or, you know, from our like richer cousins, they would, um, you know, give, give us clothes or something like that. Uh, thankfully, though, um, I would say in Philippine standards, we were probably still considered lower middle class mm -hmm. because uh, we were able to afford private school, which is very different from what private school is in the States. In countries like the Philippines, um, private, it's almost public school is not really like super good or, you know, a lot of parents really save up so that their kids go to private school even to the cheapest private school. And, mm. and private school is not as, as expensive as it is in the States. So it's different when you say like private school. Mm -hmm. um, and I, of course, I didn't go to the most expensive private schools, just, just private school. And um, I finished college early. I finished college at 19. And I actually had pretty good resume after college. I was the president of the debate team. I table tennis champion. I was so like cocky going into the you know workforce and i'm like oh my god companies will be you know uh fawning all over me and you know what that was the biggest probably the biggest heartache of my life because i failed the examinations <laughs> at procter and gamble and unilever and i think and coca-cola didn't call me back like my dreams are were crushed wow. and um, uh, I, I don't know why, honestly, I considered myself smart. I did well in school for some reason it didn't click. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was really heartbroken. And, um, and, um, uh, the only job I could have was to be a writer at this ad agency. Mm -hmm. So, um, I did that as a creative like outlet 
but also on the side, I started businesses. So I started a flower shop. Uh, right now, I still have the flower shop. We sold it as a franchise in 2017, and we have like 10 locations all over the country. And um, and then we branched to selling engagement rings and then doing events. So I just kind of grew that. Mm. So for everyone listening, um, if you are wondering why I chose flower shop, did I have any experience? Actually, no. So the reason why I chose flower shop is I just sat by myself and I thought about what business do people accept being overcharged for? And <laughs> <laughs> the guys. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> I just kept thinking, I just kept thinking, what do people just accept to be overcharged for? And yeah. flowers, because you go to Walmart, for example, um, a, uh, a dozen of flowers is $15. But when they are delivered to your girl in the office, it's $48. Yeah. Like it's 400%. And we've just kind of accepted this, right? So I thought about that and I did everything. I went on YouTube how to arrange flowers. I arranged the flowers. I delivered the flowers myself. Oh my gosh. I, I really did, the, you know, the dirty work, all the dirty work. And where and, was, and what city was this in? In Davao City in the wow. Philippines. Yeah. So uh, we still have that business. It's a family business now. And mm-hmm. I go home to help out every Valentine's Day oh. or, or Mother's Day because it's our big day. Wow. Um, but it's still a it's still a really good business. It has supported my family for over a decade. So um, and, you know, along the way, I've had a lot of um mis- misfortunes. Um, both of my parents died in my 20s. Oh, um, sorry. Uh, I became the breadwinner very early. I helped my sister get to America before I got to America. Wow. Um, I just really hustled. My 20s was all hustle. So, um, you know, for everyone listening, you know, to this podcast, it's like, you're probably way more ahead than me. You know, um, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but like, if you're born in a de- uh, in a developed country or you have, you know, better education than us kids in, in developing countries, we had a much better situation. You are so ahead of me and you will you will um, go past me and you will, you know, there's there's a lot that you can achieve, you know, mm-hmm. if you, you just put your mind into it. Amazing. Wow. So you start, so you still had your day job at the same time as starting these other businesses. As a writer? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I, I quit after eight months. So okay. in my whole life, that was the only time I was employed eight months. Oh my gosh. So you start, you started the flower shop and then you started engagement ring. I, uh, we started selling engagement rings later, but I think that our next expansion was events. I, okay. I did event planning. Yeah. Mm, that's a great natural extension too of the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was fun because, uh, I actually learned a lot from event planning, um, leadership, um, project management, you know, being resourceful. I'm really, really grateful that that was my, uh, that was the path that I, you know, went to. Wow. Yeah. So then you started all these businesses in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. They still exist. You're able to grow them, create an amazing family business, support your family, Mm -hmm. bring them all in, send your sister to the U.S. And then how did that journey happen to bring you to the U.S.? So um, in 2019, uh, I've always loved to travel and um, I spent a lot of time in Canada, Thailand um, and in the States, actually just visiting, you know, Um, in fact, my ex and I did uh, like a country a month for like two years almost. 
Yeah, we were just huh? like, we love traveling. We love learning about cultures, uh, you know. Um, but, uh, but I met someone when I went to the States for a mastermind. I met someone who was willing to invest in me and my company. So I helped him start an events company in Las Vegas. And oh. that was my first foray to like doing business in the States or any involvement you know, any involvement, you know, as a consultant or mm -hmm. whatever, as a freelancer or whatever to, uh, you know, getting into like the U.S. market. And um, in 2016, I actually started a small, very small um, HR company for virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of virtual assistants in the Philippines, but uh, one of the problems was um recruitment. So for clients in the States, um, they don't know how to, you know, uh, recruit virtual assistants and then they also don't know how to give them health care and benefits and all mm, that yeah so i provided that service this is a small business i still have it but it's it's just a small business um and um so we provide benefits and hr services to to other companies so because of my experience in outsourcing um uh, my my investor now business partner thought over the pandemic that you know it would be a good it would be a good uh, impetus to start uh, an outsourcing business because during the pandemic, um, a lot of people were moving between mm -hmm. jobs. They were either quitting their job, moving to the suburb, right, moving back with their parents. So there was a lot of like movement related to jobs, but it doesn't mean that the jobs weren't needed and that the jobs didn't need to be done. They still needed to be done. So I figured it was a good time to to get into the market, no matter what in the Philippines is actually very common to have a VA business. Mm -hmm. So even if everyone was telling me it's a very dense market, you know, everyone and their mom has a VA business, but I, I believe that we had something like special to offer and, and we just did it. And that is your current company, Scalewind? Yeah, Scalewind. Yeah. So we do manage outsourcing for, you know, we've branched out to design, tech, uh, content management, copywriting. So it's not Ooh. just VAs now customer support um, and our um, our best clients are online businesses that don't want to deal with employment or um, dealing with different freelancers. So it's fully managed and um, it's turnkey. Amazing. I know that's one of the biggest things for my own business when I've looked at working with VAs and freelancers. Mm -hmm. And I tried working with a company that was in Australia that had some people in the Philippines but it was really hard for me to make the connection because they were our kind of go-between and I didn't get to have the access to, well, mm. if you're doing managing my LinkedIn for lead mm. generation, you need to know my tone of voice, right? And like how I speak right. and how I want things to be presented. So yeah. I love the fact that you've been able to find a way to manage the outsourcing more appropriately and properly and provide win-win for everybody, jobs and people who need experience in those different areas yeah i think the the management factor you know manage outsourcing is actually not a very common term but it, it's you know it's, it's gaining traction but i the purpose of management is not so they can be the in-between mm -hmm. it's actually so the client feels more supported yeah. that they're not dealing with a va alone so there are accidents that happen there are typhoons in the philippines mm -hmm. earthquakes right yeah. Uh, but what if you have a launch? What will happen? So say your VA is located in the city. For example, your VA is in Manila and there was a typhoon in Manila. And um, But you have a launch and 
you know, you need you need a VA, but she can't work. So what the manager will do is partner you up with with a VA from another side of the country who can do your job. And because that manager already um, systematized and has your SOPs, then it's it's more seamless and you're not worrying at the middle of your launch. So I think that's where the benefit is. Um, and I want people to remember that even if we they don't work with us, that's the magic of uh, managed outsourcing. Okay, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And you have offices in Las Vegas and also in Manila now. Yeah, yeah, we have our, our call center is based in Manila. Our uh, admin is in Las Vegas. And you were able to grow this company during the pandemic from zero to over a million dollars in revenue in one year without spending money on ads. Right yeah. Yeah. So tell us we, your ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. That's that's my favorite thing to talk about because it just again, it just confirms that nothing is out of your reach, right? Wow. So I bootstrap a lot of my businesses. This is my first business that got funding. Mm -hmm. Uh in a little over a year, we were able to consistently make six figures every month. And um honestly, we did um uh, I think our okay. Let me start with uh, let me start with what's special. I think what's special and what is difficult to copy because I don't want people to think it's super easy. Yeah. So, um, is me and my business partner have large social media followings. Um, I have about fifty thousand and a newsletter, and um, and I have experience doing social media copywriting. Mm -hmm. I actually do classes about about that from time to time. And uh, and so we've always had eyeballs on us. So I actually firmly believe that whatever I do, people will follow me mm -hmm. because how, you know I, I keep a good reputation. And I always believe just refund the guy instead of getting a bad review. Just refund mm -hmm. him and wish him well. Part as friends, I, I believe in that. Even though we lost a lot of money when we were starting, and um, so. So there's that, there's there's that big asset that we have. Uh, and then after that is really just more high level partnerships. And uh, so people who can vouch for you, you know, we, we just ask our friends help, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we gave them freebies uh, in exchange of reviews. And then we were really aggressive with our affiliate program. Mm -hmm. So um, we pay like, um, um, we pay at, like on average like a thousand dollars per referral wow. and, and our sales team does all of the work it, you you merely like do an intro or something like that and then uh and and then it gets paid out regularly and then we also have jv partners where um if you refer more than like 10 people already you're going to get promoted to a jv partner where, where you make a hundred dollars per client per month lifetime nice. so um, so what we did, we were just really distributing growth. And then number three is uh, build a really solid retention team. Mm -hmm. So our business is a subscription business. So we, our money is in the, our lifeblood is in uh, monthly recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. So we have a team that is merely obsessed with retention, you know, and I learned a lot from Amazon, actually, and Amazon's mm. principles on a uh, customer obsession. So a little shout out to daddy Jeff. <laughs> and um so all this team does is really take care of retention you know from time to time they send our clients gifts they they communicate with them and they um they have a, a personal line where clients can reach them outside of office hours obviously with with a you know impression that they won't abuse it and, and we do choose our clients as well mm -hmm. and um and these people get get a salary 
but they also get bonus per client per month. Nice. So it, I think the way of distributing growth, um, you know, at the start of your business, at the first two years of your business is really crucial for you to build a solid foundation of predictable cash. Yeah, well, there are so many gems in there. Uh, one thing I want to ask, because I believe in that too, and sharing profits and making sure mm -hmm. that your team feels like they are part of building the company. They're mm -hmm. not just somebody you hired. They want to take pride in yeah. being part of this initiative. And yes, they get the financial side of it, but then they also get that pride of person. They are gaining the skills and yeah. they're becoming something even bigger. And then they can then share that with their families, with their communities, which I know is something really important to us. Um, to our culture. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? Like, you know, with, uh, with what's happening in the economy right now, like the recession, I'm like working harder because I want to give everyone a raise that's equivalent to the inflation rate, mm -hmm. you know, but it's not that easy to just give, you know, across the board, give like an 8% increase or something. And so this is what I tell my team. I'm like, guys, we need to work hard because this is my vision for the whole company. And, and me as a CEO, I, I, this is a job too, right? I take right. salary. I, I wouldn't, I, oh, we believe in like leaders eat last. So I denied my own race a couple of times and I, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. My <laughs> you should have a race already. I'm like, I deny. I was like, don't look at our books every day. I do. And giving myself a race makes me nervous. Mm. So, <laughs> wow. So let me just scam my boyfriend for a few free lunches and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. So how do you find the people who are doing the work as, the, I mean, because you said it's not just assistance now. There are mm. people doing content writing. There are people doing very technical things, design work, all these other aspects. How do you find and vet the right people to be on your team on that side? Yeah, so um, one of the things that I, I we really like take pride in is like team building and, and hiring great people because, you know, you go on Upwork, you go on Fiverr, you can find $3 an hour VA, $5 an hour mm. VA, but you also get what you pay for, right? Mm. And, um, but how we find really like rock stars is number one is really referrals, referrals mm. from your current rock star team. Mm. So you have to, the important thing is you have to uh, imbibe your, Number one is core values, your core values of your company to the team. And then and that makes up your corporate culture. And then you align that with effectivity or how effective or how productive they are at their work. I actually learned this from uh, Ryan Dice mm. of um, Digital Marketer at, at a mastermind I went to. He built a matrix on corporate culture fit and effectivity and how each employee should score high in those things. And if they're mm. not, then then you can coach them. And um, so I would say referrals would be would be great refer uh, referrals from your own team members, and of course, once again, reward them for good referrals. So we give them a, a cash bonus when their referral reaches ninety days with us. Yeah. So uh, so we do that, and then next is we do have like job networks, Facebook groups. Um, you know, Facebook groups where our HR team is just very um um you know, uh, hardworking in like mm -hmm. finding these people. They're always, we're hiring every day. So they, there's always something for them to do. And then uh, for more critical hires, I highly suggest uh, scored panel interviews. 
So, um, you know, five people, I think that's a little too much, but four or five people interviewing the candidate at the same time because recording it, because you guys will see different things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like different things at the same time and then scoring it all and then averaging it out so that it's all data driven and meritocratic. So, um, what else? Um, I think also like, uh, anticipation or uh, a really good coaching program on the first month mm. of, uh, of your person, uh, I mean, of, of your uh, employee or contractor, um, because that first month you have to also, as a company, have it in your heart to to give them the best chances of succeeding. So I think all of those tied together, you're going to have a pretty good chance at landing uh, rock stars in your team. Nice. And then on the other side, you said that you you also vet your clients. You don't just say, okay, yes, I'm going to take your money. So yeah. what, is, what, what does that process look like? Somebody fills out the form to do a discovery call, sends you the information on what they're looking for. Yeah, so here's the thing. So the first year of Scalewin, I closed all of the business calls. So I fielded probably 100 or more uh, sales calls, right? We were you were I was hustling, you know, um, and I couldn't afford a salesperson because they're so expensive. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, we are so expensive. Um, you know, salespeople. So actually, the way I choose my salespeople is, I think I think I can teach everything else if they're coachable. But my number one thing is they have to be a good conversationalist. Mm. So when I interview someone, or even if I don't interview someone, I just meet someone at a bar or something. I actually, my top sales guy right now, I met him at a friend's dinner and he was sitting next to me and, uh, and we were talking and we, we we were having like really good banter and then, but not inappropriate. He wasn't being inappropriate. So I, cause you know, guys like, you know, they, they, they think it's banter, but they're actually being inappropriate. Right. So I was like, Oh, this is really like a good communicator. And then, I spent more time with him and I realized and then until like I offered him the job because he also was when he was starting to share his frustrations with the current company that he was working oh, yeah. as a salesperson. Yeah. So um so it, it it is up to our sales team actually to determine based on their intuition um if the client is gonna be a good client or not. And sometime but but we never turn anyone away like obviously right like you still want to be kind and you still want to be um you know you you still want to be remembered in a certain way right so um i'll give you an example so when my my my, that sales guy said oh god uh i think i closed this sale but he's kind of an asshole so i sorry no it's Um, okay (laughs) so um i'm just gonna tell the team that in private and then I'll do my whole script. So just letting you know, guys, like this might be a difficult client. And on, on the onboarding side, we also discuss our core values when they're onboarded as a client. Mm-hmm. So includes like respectful communication and stuff like that. So if they're not respectful, if they, you know, yell at us or something, it is in our contract that we can cut the relationship right away. So anyway, we just kind of mentioned that in the, in the onboarding to the discussion of values. So. Uh, so funnily, that client was introduced to our team. He was going to be get onboarded. And then that client CC'd his uh, legal advisor and hmm. said something about our contract. And he said, 
you have to amend this contract because this doesn't apply to us, um, you know, because we are in California. And then I'm like, uh, we work with a lot of clients all over the states, including California. Um, but actually, he was kind of right. But there was a clause in our contract for California residents, this, uh-huh. this and this. And so our lawyer replied to him, uh, well, you can look at this part of the contract. And then and then that guy said, well, um, I want you to give me a two week trial um, because uh, so the, the thing is, we were running that promo. But mm. then our sales guy told him our promo is going to end on this day. But then he signed up later. So he's not qualified yeah. for the promo anymore. And but he wanted he was like, I'm not going to sign up. I want you to change. He literally said, I want you to change the terms for me. And so I was CC'd in a thread. And so I told him very kindly that it would not be fair to our other clients. And also all our announcements are public and we don't want to lose integrity to the public. Yeah. And then I I just said, um, based on this initial interaction, I don't think um, it's a good fit. So we are now disengaging as your service provider. And that's my favorite line. (laughs) I love that. And you handled it so beautifully. Where you you had this, uh-oh, he might be a problem client. He immediately showed who he was. Yeah. And he's the one who was able to give you the out. Right. Without yeah. being, you know, rude, without you doing anything else. But yeah. he made it very easy. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And you know, guys, some um some bad clients, um, it, it shows up later. And we, we had this experience. Mm-hmm. I had this client when we were starting out, we would take everyone, right? anyone wants to give us money come here you know uh, because we didn't have money and we were starting yeah. out and so there was this guy and he ordered like 60 videos from us and halfway through he was complaining a lot he was being a difficult client and then he started like being mean to our team members and my teammates were telling me that they're so stressed and so burnt out by this one client so I just told him that you know um, thanks for your down payment actually he still owed us money but I said and we're yeah. just going to disengage. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that experience too, where I worked with a client, kept working more and more. They added me to other projects yeah. and we would have meetings because they didn't have the finances altogether. And I said, well, I'm paying my team and you're not paying me. And you, one of my team members even became like a personal assistant for this person for a little bit, which wow. is not our job, but just because there was supposed to be all these other things happening. And delay, delay, delay with paperwork. I finally had to say, I'm not working with you anymore. And he said, well, I don't owe you any money. I looked back at my records. I said, what are you talking about? We had monthly meetings. Here are the records. And it was it was really sad because it was something we really believed in for the project. But right. I can't work with that, that kind of person. You have to work with people with integrity, right? People who show up the way that you're going to show up and that your team is going to show up for them. Exactly. For me, it's really about loving your team. Yeah, because if you you as a boss or a business owner, you're not dealing with this client, you know, on a daily basis. It's your team, and and you are you owe your team, you know, your your team. These are human beings who committed one third of their life to serving your dream, Mm. right? That's what I always think. This is your dream. This is not their dream. Exactly. They just want to support their family. So the, the 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 least amount of honor you can give them is to make sure that they're being treated well. So that's what I always think about, you know, these difficult clients. So and at the end of the day, I well, right now I can say it confidently because we we're we're doing good, you know. Better have a refund than a bad review. So 
Yeah. Wow, interesting. So with all of the businesses that you have and all the success that you've been able to build up very organically and just by seeing things that needed to be done or seeing holes that could be filled with your expertise, what's next for you and your brand? Oh, I need to be a housewife, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that happening. <laughs> I, I don't think you have the personality to just stay at home. Because oh, I know when I tried that out. <laughs> yeah, I, when I stepped out of the workforce, I didn't either. So I did a lot of volunteering and getting involved in the community. And then I would have like little side hustles because I also I'm like, I had to feel fulfilled myself, right? Um, because I said, if I'm happy and I feel fulfilled as my own person, then I will be a better mom, better spouse, mm, all of that. True. Yeah, I believe that. And I think that you have too many more ideas in your head that maybe you don't even know about to <laughs> ideas. Actually, that's the other problem. And it's much more dangerous now because I have a team ready to go. So any business <laughs> idea of a website or um, something, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, literally I have so many ideas. And uh, sometimes I even like give them out to like friends or cousins or like, why don't you do this? Like, but they're just not as enthusiastic. So yeah. Um, what's next for me? Honestly, um, I mean, I, I wasn't like 100% kidding. I would love to settle down mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe take a break a little bit. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't know. Um, um, I love. I really love. I think I really love growing businesses and being able to show people what's possible. So Scalewind helps me with that dream because I help businesses grow uh, in an easier way, you know, staying in their budget. Um, I think probably, uh, I don't know, probably some sort of consulting because we're also planning to sell the company or we're open, we're open to, to getting acquired. But, you know, I've had my events company for 10 years and I worked in that business for 10 years. So Skillwin is just two years old, you know, who who knows how far the runway would go. Maybe, maybe we'll be here for, for a long time. Um, and I still have a lot of energy. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, amazing. Um, the speaking of that, I'd love if you have a study, any doctor name names, but of a company that came to you and you helped them implement because I you hear this all the time, you know, use outsource, outsource, outsource. But then I think a lot of us as business owners have trouble understanding how that will work in our systems. Yeah. But it sounds like you also offer advice to these companies that come in as clients on, okay, you need this kind of people perhaps. Yeah. It's actually really good that you mentioned that because I just started to feel more uh, generous with my time. So the thing about Scalewind is we're an outsourcing company. We're not a consulting company. Mm -hmm. So we don't sell advice and, uh, but we sell the job getting done. So we're really careful about this nuance mm-hmm. because we don't want to be in charge of results. We're not a marketing right. agency. And we always tell them hiring a VA is not a Hail Mary. If your business is going under, a VA is not going to save you. I mean, it could probably, you know, we've had VAs that, you know, our clients would like praise them because they've done amazing. But uh, but it's not a good way to start. And, and they are the exception. So, mm-hmm. um, but at uh, Scalewind, we've actually opened up... Uh, office hours, but better, OF, uh, OHBB. So every Wednesday, I actually give my time to uh, coach, um, you know, business owners for businesses making at least 300K a year, EBITDA mm-hmm. uh, per year. And if they have any leadership, team management, 
questions, they can ask it. If they need me to look at a job description that they're about to, you know, announce that, you know, any conflict within any insight into the Filipino culture because they have a Philippine team, mm-hmm. uh, I would love to just help them out. So, um, nice. yeah. So um, in a few weeks, actually, uh, we are going to launch on our website, scalewind.com. There's going to be a menu there for uh, booking your time. Every Wednesday uh, on Central, I-, I have four slots for just helping business owners out with that. Amazing. Now, yeah. some people also might want to know more about the pricing. When you hire a VA or set or an outsourced individual, what kind of is, you know, what are some of those factors and the costs and the benefits? Yeah. So uh, with Skillwind, it's $18.95 a month, $1,895 mm-hmm. for a full-time uh, virtual assistant. And this is mm-hmm. fully managed. And um, this includes the support of management and um, the process um process recording process process um documentation mm-hmm. and um plus you have the support of management if you need advice or if you're changing platforms and if you need to train your if you need your VA to be trained in another CRM you don't have to do it yourself mm-hmm. so that goes down to about 12 bucks an hour less than actually wow. less than 12 bucks an hour and uh we have a starter plan uh of 995 a month for 20 hours a week oh. and all U.S. time zone uh, or whatever time zone you are, actually, it's very flexible. We serve clients all over the world. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. So the, is the best way to find you via the, your website, scalewind.com? Yeah, you can find me on scalewind.com or follow me on Instagram, Carla Stefan. Um, no VA is handling my social media. It's just <laughs> me. So um, <laughs> no, feel free to harass me. <laughs> And uh, what's your favorite quote or mantra, if you have one? Mm, wow. Um, I think it's the uh, Seneca's um, a, a life lived well or uh, a life lived meaningfully, even though it's short, it's a life lived well. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. yeah because, uh, both of my parents passed early, but they were like really great people. And mm. In uh, right now, you know, where the discussion about mental health, mm-hmm. personal development is gaining a lot of um, noise, you know, a lot of, no, noise sounds negative. It's gaining a lot of like conversations, yeah. attention. Um, we learn these new words about generational trauma, childhood trauma, and, and we joke about it, right? Um, but I'm actually like super privileged to not have that. My parents were great people. Um, they had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. They were good role models. My dad didn't have any vices. My mom too. So even like they're amazing people. I don't know. I'm I'm really like legit. Like they are legit amazing people. But they have like such short lives. Wow. But it makes me feel like grateful that I get to experience that. And even though I wasn't born in America, or I'm I don't know a female, or mm-hmm. You know, whatever other misgivings I had, I had one of the greatest privileges ever. That's so beautiful. Carla, is there anything else that you'd like to leave? Any last words of wisdom or advice or thoughts that you have for our audience? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur and I love entrepreneurship. So if you, if anyone listening, you know, you're here in this podcast because you want to learn and you want to grow and, and that is a good sign. And uh, and if you really feel that this is a path for you, then 
you know, like there's so many ways that you get, there's nothing stopping you from getting what you want, really. Um, but if you also feel, because entrepreneurship is, you know, is it's like you really want it mm -hmm. or if you're hesitating, it's probably not for you. So, um, you know, if you're hesitating and nothing's working out and you're always demotivated, it's probably not for you. But if you're really here to grow and if you're really committed, there's so many ways. There's podcasts like this. You know, this is like literally like public service mm -hmm. from Anna. And um, and some of the things that you will learn here you know, you can't even learn in like expensive universities. So there's so, you know, the internet is, is, is here to help you out. The world is so big. And so just really take your chance and, and bet on yourself. Yeah. Thank you. This was very inspiring and uplifting. I have a lot of things to follow up with you on when we stop recording. <laughs> so Carla, thank you so much for being on this. And I hope that you're having a beautiful day in Mexico and to our audience. Think about outsourcing, managed outsourcing, I should say, and how that can help your business as an entrepreneur and help you grow smartly and steadily in whatever you are doing. So thank you for coming back for another week of your brand Amplified, and I'll be back again next week with another episode. Want more? Check out AmplifyWithAnnika.com or follow me on socials at AmplifyWithAnnika.com.